Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. <laughs> All right, Ball vs. Life is back. I'm laughing because uh, it's it's actually really not a funny matter because we ha- we normally have a pre-production a little bit before the episode just to go over like the things that we're gonna talk about, and this episode is what that we're recording is literally right after Game Four, and th- those people that watch Game Four know that if you're a Warrior fan, it's a brutal one. It's a brutal one, and we got JC uh, on the other side right now. Yeah, man, that game sucked. <laughs> Hey, save your thoughts. Save your Jeez. thoughts because we're gonna talk about the game. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard because we were gonna record yesterday, but it didn't make sense because we we're like, oh, game four is on on Monday. Oh, is it? Is it Tuesday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. So Monday. I, I don't. Game four is I just finished the game too, yeah. so my mind's not my mind's not right. Um, that game four is on Monday, so. Little do we know that if the Warriors uh, lose, this reaction is gonna be too totally raw right now. <laughs> I'll tell you this, this is as authentic as it gets. Old school Warriors fan, just literally minutes after uh, a big L is, you know, I'm still processing it. But you know what? We're giving you guys a true (laughs) fan's view of of how these games are going. So, hey, with that said, let's just get on with it. With that said, (laughs) what have you been up to? (laughs) How's how's your week been, buddy? (laughs) Oh, man. Man, where do I even start, man? <laughs> I mean, outside of this 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 playoff series, life, you know, life is still going on, man. Um what can I say? Um I had uh, a game for my my weekly league yesterday and maybe it adds to the brutality of this podcast, but uh, I played Jokic minutes <laughs> yesterday <laughs> for my my league game, um, I guess it was uh, Cinco de Mayo and a bunch of our teammates were um, were out. So I was uh, playing with my squad on a four on five game. Damn, um, dude. The, 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 the opponent had eight, eight guys. So they had, they had some fresh legs coming off the bench and my squad only had four guys. So we had to play pretty much the whole game, 40 minutes, man, four on five. And that was a brutal, brutal experience man we were we were cool though like through three quarters we were just down by eight and the other squad had some some players they had some big boys they had some shooters so i give props to my team but i don't know man playing playing 30 minutes without any rest you know timeouts are very limited even halftime is like three minutes it felt um, it felt like three minutes right know, w- yeah yeah exactly once the fourth quarter comes man you just don't have it in your legs and we kind of got blown out in the fourth quarter with that said you know it was nice to get some minutes man you can get some get a rhythm get some buckets you know what i mean pull the crossover on someone oh damn that was cool. I know my coach was like my coach was like hey man I seen that I I tried to pull a crossover in the third quarter just the move but I didn't pull the the shot but in the fourth quarter he was just like let it fly man let it fly (laughs) so I pulled a crossover and then like a, a, a a spin move on the free throw line I made the bucket but 
it was all for naught just because we were down by like 20. Basically, your point. coach was D'Antoni and you were hardened. <laughs> D'Antoni just gave you the green light. You had the green light. Just let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was hardened. It's like putting Iman Shumpert <laughs> on the starting lineup <laughs> against the Warriors. That's how it was. Uh, With that said, man, you, you know, we still tied. You know, we, we we still tied our shoes. We still balled out. So, hey, man, once you lace them up, to my teammates. once you lace them up, it's all instinct, yeah. dude. Whether it's four on five or or whatnot, you're going all the way. You're playing. You're, you know, you're you're giving it all. You're all, even though you're only uh, even if you're a bench player, Iman Shepard. Hey, Iman Shepard did come up pretty big uh, in game uh, game three. So, hey, man, props to him if you pull the Iman Shepard game. Uh, I, I play some ball. What too. about you? I play some ball, dude. What about you? I play some ball, man. I play some ball on Saturday morning. Uh, I got my game going. I, you know what's funny? Uh, during during playing ball, there was this guy wearing a Cal shirt. And I was like, dude, I'm a Cal alum too. And he was like, man, what year did you graduate? <laughs> I didn't want to tell him. But I was like, yeah, 06. And he was like, oh, shit, you're old. Because I graduated in 17, 2017. Damn, brutal, dude. Brutal. But you know what? Balling in your 20s versus 30s, if you listen to our episode, I schooled the kid, man. Taught him a few things. <laughs> These, get that uh, old man game over there, man. Yeah, Just kind of get physical, physical on him. Yeah, you know it. You know it. So, you know what? Let's let's get into Bay vs. LA, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let me just tell a story before what? we get. It, it it segues well into our Bay vs. LA. Right, so, right. aside from my league game over the weekend, um, I was at a wedding. I think I was I was texting you during this wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Saturday night, and it just so happened that the wedding was like in the afternoon. The reception fell into right into the the game time for Game Three of the Warriors versus Rockets, mm. and you know, being the true blue fan that I was, I mean, it's the playoffs, man. I don't want to miss a game. So the whole time that the whole ceremony was occurring, man. I had I had a little cell phone set up right on my table. I was using the little the little wine glasses, sort of like my stand for my phone, just as tip off was happening. Man, I was just watching the game. Um, and what was funny as the as the as the night progressed, I think I started the wave. As the quarters uh, were progressing, I noticed that there were like huddles in all of these tables. There were like twenty five tables. And by the end of the third quarter, you could see like all of these, like all of these guys <laughs> and we and women, like older women or whatever, <laughs> huddling over these respective tables, looking over the phones. It was kind of dope, man, just because, you know, I mean, it's so ingrained, at least here in the Bay Area culture, to kind of keep track of the Warrior game. So it was kind of cool to just be able to see that everybody was still into it. Despite the festivities, the groomsmen were all up in it. I think even the groom was checking the score we were having dj updates on the score oh, it's just like jc what's 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 the score update then i'm because i'm right by the dj table i was giving them score updates it was kind of dope man so that was game three during the wedding i just wanted to tell that story just because it it it, it encompasses this whole ball versus life theme that we're going at right you know life you know weddings stuff happens and somehow people just find a way, man, find a way to incorporate, you know, ball into regular life. Dude, so. I, I wanted to tell you that uh, when I was when we were in when I was in high school, that was when the Lakers uh, were in the three P years. And yeah. I, I had, you know, in, in high school, you're taking AP courses or whatever. Like you have some like uh, AP classes, at least for me anyways. Uh, 
outside of school. And during those AP classes on the weekend, <laughs> I would bring my little portable TV. I, don't ask me how I copped that. I copped a little portable TV just so I could watch the games while class is being taught. That's how hardcore we are, bro. That's how oh hardcore. man, that's hardcore. That's hardcore. And I had to hold. Wow. I had to hold it in when shit went down in the game. I was like, oh fuck. Hey man, that's how that's how we were at the wedding. But it was everybody was kind of like they were all pull, they you know they're all from like the Northern California, so everybody was pulled for the Warriors. So. When the game was at crunch time, it wasn't working out, man. You could just kind of feel it in the wedding. I mean, but it's all good. That, that's a that's actually a perfect transition because our first topic yeah. in Bay versus LA is Game Three of the Rockets versus Warriors series. It's kind of a mid series check in. Actually, today is just a mid series check in because Game Four just wrapped. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, everyone knows Game Three didn't go the Warriors' way. It was close though. It was it went down the stretch as as did uh, today's game. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Do you want to start it off uh, to give us your feelings about the game? We don't have to go super in depth with it because um, game four just wrapped. But I know you had. A, there was a lot of talk about Steph Curry after the game, and how he well threw up a dud. Yeah, yeah. So my overall feelings about the game. Well, just to kind of set it up is yes, I was at the wedding. So despite me watching it, I wasn't able to kind of watch it the way I regularly watch it, where I'm just literally focusing on every detail it's kind of hard to see everything during uh you know when there's like freaking toasts and (laughs) dances happening in the background but it seems like houston just they were desperate like the the houston squad was just desperate and they had a lot of uh they they had a lot of offensive rebounds they were winning the 50 50 game and it kind of showed like especially in a matchup this tight like you know, the margins are very, very slim. And a lot of these sort of key plays make a difference. You know, an offensive rebound here, you know, a foul call there, an end one here, a missed call there. There was, uh, despite all of the struggles from the Splash Brothers, man, I don't even know what their line was. It was bad. It, they were struggling, they were dude. Struggling. Draymond like, had a triple Steph double. was like seven. Yeah, they, Draymond had a triple. So KD has been lights yep. out in the playoffs he's just been consistent and props to kd and i do feel like kd has been sort of neutralizing james harden's mm-hmm. effort in terms of just you know scoring equaling yeah. yeah the the output that james harden has been able to provide however steph and clay have had struggled in game three it's really hard to kind of distinguish the difference between game three and game four (laughs) right now just because it's so fresh but at least in game three i know that steph was like seven for 23 clay was six for 16 Mm -hmm. like it was just they were bad percentages and despite the struggle of the splash brothers the warriors still were able to push it into ot like we were able to kind of make it a game and still have an opportunity to win it however Towards the end, just a key play here, you know, I think I think there was like a Harden drive, which was actually reported on the two-minute yep. report eventually that it was a missed call. Yep. It should have been a charge on, on, on his end. We would have, he, he wouldn't have um, added that bucket to kind of distance themselves. Needless to say, I mean, the Warriors were not able to pull it off on game three. And it was just really rough to watch just because... I felt like it was a really tremendous opportunity for them to really put the nail in the coffin with the Rockets. I think that if the Rockets had gone down 3-0, it would it would effectively pretty much really 
put them at a desperation mode and make it really, really tough for them to make a series out of this. So I was really frustrated at that opportunity just because it was there for the taking. I think the, the biggest thing I want to focus on, on at least from the Game 3 perspective, was all of the Curry hate that had occurred right after that. There's no question Steph Curry has been struggling, at least in this series thus far. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, how the season ended. Mm. Um, I think he wasn't really 100%. And he also got um, injured I do, in this series. Uh, yeah, he got injured in the Clippers Clipper series, series as well. Yeah. He kind of sprained. Yeah, in this Clipper series and even right before the season ended. Yeah. And I do think the Clipper series kind of took a lot out of them. Mm-hmm. Patrick Reverly and, you know, and, and the squad that was just, that was competing against them. Um, really kind of just you know it was it was a a tough matchup and they really had to extend themselves after the six game series despite winning game one and game two i do feel like you know especially in a long series um that's showing up right now and steph is not doing that well what what's your take on this whole game three situation i'm curious steph needed to step up because katie was stepping up and sure we, we can put some onus on clay iggy actually stepped up big time too draymond iggy played a really great game iggy was hitting threes from the corner through open the shots that they were giving leaving him open he was hitting them but steph just to reiterate how bad of a game he was playing aside from shooting seven for 23 he was 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter and an ot and and you, <sighs> you know you got it it was a close game and, and look i love steph I, I love his game but he did not show up towards the end you could blame injuries yeah. or whatever but you're on the court and you gotta you gotta deliver when the shots are there. And, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. They were... It's not like he was missing really badly. He did miss a dunk. Okay, let's just mention that. But that wasn't really... Yeah. That was just... The, the oh, game was man, already kind of lost look. at that point. But before that, there were... All his shots were rimming out. It, you know, you we've played ball before. Sometimes it's just not your night. And it's yeah. tough. It's rough. And I will say this. They are going hard at Steph on the on the offensive end. Anytime they get a switch on Steph, they're, they're looking for that matchup so they can punish Steph. Because Steph is a smaller guy. That's just the truth of the matter. His defense is not yeah. bad, but when you're talking about all the other players, the Hamptons five, you're going to pick on Steph. Because Clay yeah. is an excellent defender. Iggy is yeah. all-world defensively. Kevin Durant is yeah. no joke. And listen, Draymond is defensive player of the year a couple years ago. Exactly. So you're going to attack He's Steph. He's a weak I think that's part yeah. of the reason, aside from possible injuries, why he struggled so mightily down the stretch. And no, it, that's a very good point. That's a very watch. good point. I mean... Yeah. I mean, in the starting five, he definitely is the weakest link. I don't know though. Like after the game, I think what added to the the the, the pain, mm. at least of losing that particular game, was all the Steph hate yeah. on social media. I don't know. I mean, at least here in the Bay Area, I try to keep a pulse in terms of what's happening, um, and even on the national media, I'm just trying to you know get a feel in terms of what people are are saying uh, about the game and about the series thus far. And I saw a lot of Steph haters come out from Warriors fan and just from other fans in general. Mm. I don't get it. Yes, he's struggling, but, you know, players struggle. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like everybody kind of jumped on him right after game three, and they found it to be a perfect opportunity to really just, you know, shit on him. Pardon my language, but, like, it just kind of reminded me that there's just a huge contingent of fans out there I don't. I hesitate to call them basketball fans just because I don't get it. But that just just like Steph Curry, there's a lot of things that you know. I, I mean, generally, uh, underdogs 
and we saw it in the Clippers series, generally there's a lot of people that kind of lobby for them. And in many ways, Steph is the ultimate underdog. He's undersized. He's not really the strongest. He's not the biggest player. He's not the most athletic player. He was unheralded coming out of high school. It's not like he was a top recruit. He plays the right way. He's a model citizen. You know, he doesn't really do any off the court stuff that really causes you to raise an eyebrow. He's unselfish on the court. You know, the fact that he could incorporate KD into the team Another superstar kind of tells you how much of, you know, a personality is, a generous personality is. I I don't get it. Like, Mm. why do people dislike Steph Curry? I'm curious about what your take is on that. I don't dislike Steph Curry, but talking to people who might dislike him or not give him the respect that's due to him, I think part of it is... It's just kind of his background and his stature in the NBA. Like, everything you said is true. He's... He was unheralded coming out of high school, even college. I mean, he was a lottery pick, but he wasn't a top-end prospect like Zion Williamson and stuff like that. I think part of it is because he comes from NBA circles, and he doesn't have that street cred that a lot of other NBA players have. And even amongst NBA players, they don't give some... Like, through the years, a lot of people have not given Curry the due respect that he deserves. Yeah. And you, you know this to be true because you follow the Warriors more than I do. Yeah. And I've definitely seen a lot of players not give him that proper respect because they feel like mm-hmm. he's just not a... I don't know. He doesn't, he, he doesn't necessarily pass the eye test that we're used to. And that's probably why he, he's so unique, right? He's not your typical player. He's not a Derrick Rose or a Russell Westbrook or a Michael Jordan, even, even a John Stockton. His game is, is generational. He's the best yeah. shooter to ever play this game and i think yeah and the fact the fact that the advent of the new rules of no hand checking people feel like he's Mm -hmm. getting away with more in terms of inflating his stats and stuff like that which i actually don't believe to be necessarily true sure everyone's stats are inflated then you know not just his Mm -hmm. um but that's where i feel like the hate really comes from (laughs) and I'm, i'm sure after a bad game people just pile on right yeah i just think it sucks because i mean yeah he he's been playing like trash I mean, uh, no qualms about it. But if you take a step back and really think about what he's been able to revolutionize the game with, just mm-hmm. in terms of his his skill level, uh, and combine that with everything else that he he does, just being a model citizen, I just don't get it why people dislike him. I get it. Like, I, I guess what I get is, you know, the Warriors winning. There always is going to be a contingent. You know, look at how people don't like the Patriots. Yeah. And all of these sort of like successful teams. I get that part. But uh, just isolating stuff independently, it's very hard for me to see why people really find uh, find him to be <laughs> not likable. I just, it's it, 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 it flummoxes me. It, it really just makes me curious about that. You know how someone... One thing I do want to mention, one thing I just want to mention though, like for people outside the market, mm-hmm. um, if they don't see it, because I see a lot of the things... He works incredibly hard mm. on and off the court. Like even pre-game in the off season, this guy is working on his craft. For all of the fireworks that you see in terms of what he does, and it just makes it seem like it's magic sometimes. It's not happening right now in the series. I wish it was. Mm. A lot of it is essentially a byproduct of his work ethic and you can't hate on work ethic man you know he doesn't have all of the tools so there's got to be one reason why he's gotten so successful all all these years and he's got 
rings to show for mm-hmm. it. And I hope people understand that this is something that is once a generation, you got to really appreciate it for what it was and what it is actually what it is. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, his legacy is already built, to be honest. I think you'll, you'll hear a lot of the haters and stuff like that. But he's already built yeah. his legacy. When people reflect on Steph, they're not going to reflect on a seven four twenty three game that he had in a game three of a playoff series. He's a, he's already yeah. won rings, dude. So there's no yeah. one that can take away from that. And the truth of the matter is, Warriors were built before Kevin Durant joined the team. Yes, he helped them win titles, yeah. but that team was already built, and Steph Curry, Steph Curry already made his name. So it wasn't like yeah. he like Kevin Durant added anything to what he already had. And I think, if anything, yeah. Kevin Durant brought more hate upon the Warriors, taking away yeah. love for Steph Curry. Um, unfair or yeah. fair, that's just a reality, but I don't think he cares. Uh, that's the beauty of Steph. He does not care because he knows who, yeah. who he is, and he's going to play his game, and who cares what the haters say? He's a, he's a champion, dude. <laughs> yeah. Every player has a bad game. Every superstar has a bad game. Kobe had tons of bad games where he shot 7 for 25. But the thing is, when you're a superstar, you're not afraid to shoot. You truly believe that you can help your team win. That's why you want Steph to shoot 7 for 23, as bad as he was. You want him to stop shooting? No, he's the best shooter in the world. I mean, that's my yeah. take. Yeah. yeah. But- <laughs> it's, easy, it's easy for you to, to, to definitely put, put some perspective not being in the middle of the, the shit right now. But I appreciate no, that. I know, I know how it is, dude. Anytime after after you lose a game, you read all the press clippings and you, you go on forums and stuff. It's just people trashing yeah. all your favorite players, your team. They're just piling on. Jeez. I, yeah, I, I almost want to brutal. do that just to create more drama for you. But you know what? I got to speak the truth. This is the truth right now. Um, uh, 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 yeah. Speaking of Steph Curry. You don't need to create any drama, man. The drama is already <laughs> there and I am furious at this series. And, hey, let, let's transition out of Steph because game game three was over. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, let's give a little break before we go to game yeah, four. Yeah, I need a break. You're gonna need a break, buddy. Yeah. You're gonna need a big. I need break. a timeout. I need a timeout. Let's talk LA. Let's talk the LA topic. Let's let's talk the coaching uh, the coaching candidates first because last episode we talked about Ty Lue and Monty, and we have more resolution to this topic now. Uh, Monty signed with uh, Monty signed with the Suns as their head coach, and I don't know the terms yet, mm-hmm. but. I think it's a pretty good deal. I think he's going to get a five-year deal. And I uh, supposedly, yeah, he's going to get some powers in the front office in terms of personnel and things like that. So, hey, you know what? Congratulations to Monty Williams. Um, that is a young upstart team. They got Booker. They're going to get a good draft pick. They have uh, DeAndre Ayton and some other yeah. interesting pieces. So They got pieces. Yeah, they got, yeah, a, they got, they got a questionable ownership, though. Robert Sarver is uh, uh, no, kind of questionable. I heard, I heard Sarver is, uh, yeah. So we'll see, but congratulations to Monty. So you know what? Where does that leave us, JC? <laughs> Tyloo, come on down. The oh, the coach we always wanted. <laughs> you know, you know this thing kind of reminds me of like you know when you're dating, you got two girls. You're like you're yeah. like and analyzing the pros and cons, and at the end, if the one of the girl bails on you, bails on you, you're just like you know what? I always wanted oh, you know this girl. She's she's fine, dude. She's fine. <laughs> all her all her pros cool. start to shine more. <laughs> Yeah. So what's your thoughts about this? I, I mean, as of today, by the time we're recording the pod, has there been any definitive decision on what's happening with the Lakers coaching position? There's no. There's been no official word, but Waj did tweet. tweet um, Wojnowski did tweet that 
the Lakers are going to move forward with an offer sheet or try to agree to terms, and I, and I expect that could get done. I do think they're kind of waiting a little bit because Monty did just sign. I don't think they want to kind of put out there that they signed Lou right away. It's, it just doesn't look too good <laughs> because they were two top candidates of the Lakers. I think they want to give it some time. Mm. I fully expect Ty Lue to uh, sign, and I do think as much as it seems like Monty might have scorned the Lakers and ran away from them uh, considering he was a top candidate, I do think Lou was always the option for the Lakers. It just made sense. To be honest, once Luke got candid, even during the season, people were saying that Ty Lue was, was probably the guy to coach LeBron. He's got three years left. Who else could coach LeBron? There's nobody else out there that's, that's available. So in many ways, it makes sense. I mean, he's an ex-Laker, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember that infamous or that famous Allen mm-hmm. Iverson. He was in Laker gold back then. So it, it makes sense. And he has a track record working with LeBron. Like it or not, Ty does have sort of a winning experience with LeBron. So he can rep that over any other coaching candidate over there. But that was right? one of the reasons when we talked about in our, in our previous episodes where I was hoping the Lakers would go outside of how they do business, uh, kind of hire somebody outside of the circle. And I get it. When you, when you own a company, you want to hire in-house or you want to keep it family-oriented a lot of times, but that's not how the NBA is run anymore. I think in the past that you might have gotten away with that, but now people are really trying to focus on expertise, like just how a lot of industries are going. You're, things are becoming more specialized. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want to hire people with really highly touted skills for that specific thing. And you want to build your company on that. Hire the experts in yeah. every single field. And not to say Ty yeah. Luke is a bad coach, but that it just falls more in line with how the Lakers have been doing business. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. What is his specialty <laughs> outside of being an ex-Laker you know, hey man, and, you, you know, you know, you talk about load management. LeBron. This is just LeBron management, right? He's an expert in yeah. LeBron management. <laughs> so this is what Ty Lue yeah. is is hired for, or will be hired for, and we'll see. Yeah. It's not confirmed yet, so let's not like get into the details yeah. of yeah, yeah, specifically. Yeah. I just wonder about the Lakers' strategy with regards to this. I know you don't really want to spend too much time with this, but it's the 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 squad that Ty Lue was coaching was is extremely different from the Lakers' makeup yeah. right now. I think he had a little bit more of a veteran club there. Yeah. You know, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, Kyrie. You know that you know. Uh, even though they were younger, they had a little bit of experience as opposed to this Lakers squad that they have a couple of years uh, under their belt, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a veteran-laden no, club. No, they're, so, they're not playoff you know. tested at all. So that's another story that that or another yeah. facet that they need to develop. And I do think we're going to have many topics about this going into the summer. Yeah. They're going to need to sign a veteran and a, a veteran star player not just a veteran they need to sign a veteran star player to help lead this team with lebron because lebron and this upstart young guy young young team with three or four years under their belt is still not enough i mean look at the west look at denver what portland's doing and it it, this these series are are great by the way we don't talk about them because we're talking about west coast sports but we, Jason, you and I, we text all the time about these games, the four OT games. So yeah. these are teams that are Rookie developing their teams, and you can see the talent on the court. It's yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So I mean, it's as, this, despite how this Rocket series, you know, even the Eastern Conference, they have oh, yeah. a lot of hectic series and really immense talent over there. So 
I'm just trying to survive this Rocket series, and I'm already pulling my hair. I mean, you got to uh, be excited as even... a as an NBA fan. I know you're yeah. you're pulling out your hair, but dude, every series is going down to the wire. Um, Rockets yeah. and Warriors two two two. Portland and tri- Portland and Nuggets they're tied too. So it's it's crazy. It's, yeah. I mean, even in the East, yeah. Philly and uh, yeah. and Toronto they're tied to a piece. And I yeah. know um, there's a lot of talent. I know Boston so, just lost. Yeah, today. I mean, yeah. from a basketball standpoint, there's a lot to look forward to just because. A lot of these developing stars from years past are slowly getting into their their prime years, and I mean Giannis is he's beast. He's he's, he's balling right now, right? Yeah. But that will be a pod to be discussed if things progress more, <laughs> right? Because right now I'm just trying to survive this 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 hell of a series, man. I hate Houston. All due respect to the the listeners in Houston, but man, your team is really hard to root for. I I felt like the Clippers were easier to root for just because you know they're a bunch of like blue collar players. But Houston, it's just James Harden and his flops, Chris Paul and his incessant pettiness. Man, <laughs> I cannot get over that. I used to like Chris Paul's game when he was coming into the league, but he has just gotten ridiculous as the years have gone by. Jeez, I think I, I used to and like that, Chris Paul too. I do think his drive, I think it's always been in him to be that petty. <laughs> I think his drive yeah. now to win has superseded yeah. anything. I think he cares so much, nothing bothers him anymore. Like he doesn't care. His perception is that he's petty. He he could give zero fucks about that. Like he just wants to win. He'll yeah. do anything. I don't know, man. I, I I think he just. I don't know. He just. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I- lead, lead the next topic, bro. I need, I need, I need to use you as a crutch because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now to stay, stay standing. I'm really, I'm really, really, really upset at you know this last game. I, I, I want to transition Fuck. into this topic, but I don't know if we, if we should talk game four first. But I will say this: um, if you watch the HBO show that um, that not Magic has, that LeBron has called The Shop yeah. recently. I mean, there's a lot of, like, really titans of their industry that he invites on. I think Pharrell Williams was on there, um, Seth Rogen, Don Cheadle, and some, some, other, some other characters. I didn't watch the whole episode, but I did see clips of it. Exact reason why LeBron went to L.A., man, <laughs> to do this kind hey, of man, shit, Hey, man, it's some good content, though. <laughs> it's legit good content. <laughs> I don't know if you watched it, but in that episode of The Shop, LeBron talked about um, how he got the, the news of magic leaving which is he didn't get the news oh, yeah. from magic i heard about it i saw that i saw that actually yeah i mean he, he, he i'll quote he said it was weird for him to be like i'm out of here and not even have no like hey braun kiss my ass i'm gone so you know he essentially was saying that magic kind of just backstabbed him in a way he brought him in he recruited him here even though everyone believes that lebron would have came here anyways magic still showed up at his house two hours before free agency hit waited outside showed up at his door and talked to him for a couple of hours to be like, hey, you know, Showtime is back. We're bringing you back and this is our plan. Even though year one's going to be kind of tough, hey, you can trust in me <laughs> that we're going to build a team around you. And look, it didn't pan out that way. Magic just bailed and didn't even tell him. And yeah. it's a professional courtesy that I believe Magic should have done. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and It was not a good look for Magic. And what's funny... And now all of these details are coming out, yeah, right? Yeah, and the thing, the funny thing is... He didn't tell Genie either, but since then there have been pictures and tweeted by Genie and Magic of them going to dinner. So apparently they've made up, but LeBron still hasn't gotten any messages from Magic. So it's very interesting dynamic that's playing out. That sure Magic kind of 
said that hey there's all this like background noise but why would you, especially considering it's genie and rob with all those emails leaking out apparently he's apparently he's talking to rob again and but where's this bridge of magic talking to lebron and kind of owning up to not following through with what he planned for lebron and this team yeah. it's a bad look dude it's yeah. a bad look on Le- it's a bad look on magic if anything and I do think LeBron has yeah. come out of this looking better because a lot of blame was going to LeBron not carrying the Lakers to the playoffs. But because Magic yeah. stepped down and all this bad publicity came around the Lakers, LeBron is coming out shiny. And he's also controlling a narrative by having a show called The Shop and being able to talk about yeah. it. Right. Magic's not looking pretty right now in uh, all of this. It, it was destined. I mean, he just didn't really set himself up. That's why when it first happened, we already thought that it was just, this is not going to end well for Magic. And it's just progressing, man. Everybody's just taking their shots at him. What did Lonzo say? It seemed like Lonzo <laughs> I, also had to... It's funny as uh, LeBron and Lonzo, they're, they're obviously two generations of players. One old, one old yeah. head and one young gun, right? And Lonzo, when yeah. he got the news from LeBron, he just kind of like, oh shit, that's crazy. And he just said, hey, Coos, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> Typical millennial, bro. Yeah. Typical millennial. He, yeah. he could care less they what management's doing. Only, only old heads would be like, dude, what does this mean about management and yeah. like all, this other, yeah. all these other facets of the organization? Yeah. The only consistent thing there is both players didn't seem like they cared for Magic that, that much. You know, he was just a figurehead yeah. and maybe it's a good thing that he bounced just because it's not like he was really doing a lot anyway. So, yeah, I don't want to go uh, too deep magic. into this topic because I think more will come of it and we have to talk about game four. But suffice to say, Magic burned a lot of bridges and he's going to come out all right at the end of the day. And it's it's the yeah. LeBron show now, to be honest, it's the LeBron show now. So yeah. we'll see where yeah. the, how far the LeBron show takes us. Let's talk about game four, bro. So game four didn't end up well for you. Ugh. Yeah, we gotta get into it, it man. Not. We gotta we gotta face the fire. You gotta face the fire, and it it, I know. it was it was I a was, tough game. Yeah. The Rockets won by four points. They went down to the wire. The Rockets really Jeez, controlled the whole game. The the whole game, and the Warriors made it competitive at the end. They were literally one open three from Katie away from tying the game to go to OT, but he missed the shot. Uh, but the Rockets really controlled the game with hustle and grit. PJ Tucker really affected the game, and he played. You know, he played well, and I have to look at the stat sheet, but they, they kind of out-re- I think they out-rebounded the Warriors, and they, they outshot the Warriors from three, which was really the difference maker of the game. I don't know. I don't know where to go from that. Uh, the Rockets really just brought their game, dude. They outplayed the Warriors from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole game, I just really had a bad vibe about it. I mean, it just seemed like... You know, the Rockets still had the energy and they were riding the momentum from the Game 3 win, which I think I was texting you as the whole game was going on. I was just like, man, we missed a really incredible opportunity Mm. to put the nail in the coffin in Game 3 because basketball is a game of momentum and Houston definitely has the lion's share of the momentum right now. Even though the Warriors were making big shots to make it a game at the end, it just never really felt like we were able to take control enough to actually make... Uh, make them pay for their mistakes it pains me to say it but all those 50 50 balls and the hustle plays the rockets have done it the past couple games that's what happened in game one and game two and we won those games but now the the tables have turned and the rockets definitely had the edge in the offensive rebounds Mm -hmm. um and i think their percentages in hitting threes are are much better in game three eric gordon was like 11 for 20 i don't even know what the line is for him but all i know is he made a couple of big shots i think his percentages weren't as well and i was hoping that 
he would regress to his average a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I think he did, but he still made a couple of big shots. And it was brutal to see P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon just kill us. I mean, Harden and Paul, they're going to be consistent. And this is what we talked about when the series started, right? Who are the X factors? And they're coming true right now. And it's 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 really frustrating just because I know that the Warriors are game planning for those guys, but yet they're still executing and it 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 just it it kills me to see that they can't close out on Eric Gordon. Uh he's hitting threes, he's getting through the yeah. basket, getting end ones, and PJ Tucker is just straight up, up muscling yep. us. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's just incredibly frustrating from a Warrior I think fan standpoint. I wanted to bring up also uh, the Warriors bench is honestly atrocious right now. They are not helping at all relieve the starters. And I'll I'll say this. Oh, I yeah. think Kerr came out with a plan to start the Hampton Five, right? And yeah. but the the problem is with starting the Hampton Five is you have a super thin bench. So when you're rotating these bench yeah. players in, the starters are getting exhausted because you're starting with your exactly. you're starting with that school full squad already of your best lineup. And yeah. you know, in the past, the Warriors have saved that final lineup. They don't start with that lineup. They save it for the fourth quarter and they blitz them. They have full energy full capabilities and boom in the fourth quarter they take over and they really put their own they just they overwhelm then yeah i think that's one of the main differences at least with this run is the bench definitely is not pulling their weight aside from the major injury you know demarcus cousins who would have been a would have given us some depth a lot of the players from the bench are not getting any run quinn cook i haven't even seen him log any minutes jordan bell is a liability kevon looney uh is not really playing as well as he has in you know towards the end of the season and even in the Clipper series, Sean Livingston is showing his age, man. Yeah. He missed a couple of bunnies and he was getting lost on defense. It hasn't happened in years past. So this whole mantra of strength in numbers, it's not really coming true, yeah. at least for this playoff run. And I think that's really, really frustrating. I do think I mean Alfonso McKinney plays hard, but I think I remember you texting me saying like he's not ready no, he for this for this stage and you know it's just like you don't want to put players in positions where they don't succeed and i think right now we just can't trust them and it's just it's incredible watching watching kerr substitute alfonso kinney in is like when i see d'antoni substitute gerald green in he's just trying to get a couple minutes of time to spare his starters yeah and their rotations are off they're not hitting the shots that are wide open and he's just got to pull the plug you just cannot you that time is so valuable. You can't put a player that's not ready out there. And I like Alfonso yeah. Kinney. I think he's a talent, but he, yeah. it's a different type of intensity. You can tell he's overwhelmed. He shot an air ball yeah. as a three, and it was wide open. Yeah. That's, that's how much he's a deer in the headlights uh, uh, right now. He's not there for his offense. Yeah. I mean, I think he's rebounding pretty well. Defensively, he kind of gets lost sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, if you're guarding James Harden, yeah. you're it's it's tough. It's, it's incredibly frustrating. Now it's going to be a three-game series. Oh. Thankfully, the heart, the Warriors have home court advantage, and I'm really curious to see how what adjustments they'll make in Game Five. Just because whatever they have right now, we they need help. I think one thing that really stood out to me for this game is Steph played much better, mm. and you know we were talking about him and kudos to him for playing a little bit more aggressively in this yeah. game. I think his stat line was. A little bit better. His percentages were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think he's the three still wasn't dropping his percentage. He was like less than thirty percent, I guess, on three or something like that. Yeah. It still was not what you would like to call a typical Steph game. 
and he's playing a lot of minutes but clay really struggled in this Mm. game even his defense i don't think was as good i mean he was trying his best and clay tries to lock down as much as possible but he had a couple of dumb fouls and i do feel like he was hunting for shots Mm -hmm. they were in a penalty the warriors were in the penalty in the third quarter and that felt like there was a tremendous amount of opportunity for them to get to the line score some buckets really get close in the game and I do, I did see Clay still hunt for a little these little mid range jumpers or even threes. Yeah. And half the time I was thinking, Clay, man, I know you can shoot. You're one of the best shooters, but it's not dropping right now. Maybe it'll help you to see the ball get mm-hmm. into the bucket with a driver, even a free throw or something like that. And they just weren't playing smart, man. And I, I, I mean, the Rockets are outplaying them for sure. I give them credit for that. But I do feel like the Warriors are doing a lot of things that are not setting them up for success and it's just it sucks it sucks like i i hate this feeling i really do and you know it's not even the finals but it just <sighs> we'll see I, I mean i do expect normally what happens in playoff games is the the stars are going to be the stars right they're going to get their opportunity they're going to they're get, get their opportunity to shine and they usually produce but usually what happens in, in home games is the bench players play better that's usually the difference in a lot of these games is when you have the starters kind of match match each other, but when the bench doesn't show up because it's a road game and it's, road games are tough. Like not every, if you're not a star player, you don't get that rhythm, you don't get that time to build up, and you got the crowd against you. So I do expect Sean yeah. Livingston, Kevin Looney, and, and some of the other play, play, bench players to play well. And I don't expect Austin Rivers, who who's actually been an unsung hero for the Rockets. He's played 30 minutes oh, yeah. a game, and he's he's been on fire, to be honest. Since his illness in Ugh. game one, he's played very yeah. well. So that's something that we definitely have to mention, is Austin Rivers has been playing out of his mind in this series. And we'll see if he can keep that up on the road, though. So game six will be very... Wait, no, game five, sorry, will be very interesting to see how the bench will do. And I think the Warriors, they got to they gotta be ready to match that intensity. That's the thing. The Rockets want this, wants this series bad, man. You can tell. Yeah, they smell blood. Every game is going to be a battle and every game is important. We've already squandered two golden opportunities to to put them to rest. And I said it in the Clippers series and I don't want it to happen again. And hopefully we can clean it up. I hate to sound like a fatalistic Warrior fan and entitled Warrior fan, but it's, you know, I've seen it all. I've lived through game game seven loss already so all of those are painful memories but it doesn't change the fact that if you're in the present you really get are frustrated in terms of how the games are going so i'm, I'm trying to stay balanced and put it in perspective and understand that it's only a 2-2 series mm-hmm. but it's not feeling good right now it is not feeling good right now and i'm frankly i'm pissed man because we had opportunities I, you know, in many ways, I wish it was a blowout just because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you, you just kind of know that it's not there. But like it's two straight games where we had an opportunity to get rid of them. And those are those are tough to swallow, man. They really are. But I'm trying to swallow it like a big boy. Yeah, dude. I so. mean, all the X factors you talked about before are kind of playing out. P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, if they have a good game, they win. <laughs> they really do. I mean, P.J. Tucker has been playing out of his mind. He, I think he had a double-double today. And, you, and if you watch the game... He's all over the place. He's actually locking down KD to a reasonable degree. A reasonable degree. Like when, when PJ Tucker is on KD, it's 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 different than when anyone else is on him. And we'll see. It's a best of three right now. So next game is going to be huge. And I know next game, you're not even going to be around, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be around traveling again. Jeez. So I don't even know. 
I don't know. You're gonna have a little setup, out, but, but in Hawaii. I'll find a way. You're gonna have a little setup somewhere, but in Hawaii, right? <laughs> you're gonna have. Are you, yeah. Don't just tell me you're not gonna watch the the game on the phone again, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, <sighs> man. I don't know. I'll just have to figure it out. I don't know where I'll be at the at game time, but as long as we can get out with the dub, I will be happy. We shall see. I will be hitting the islands and repping the bay there. I'll be repping Ball versus Life over there. Maybe take a good few snapshots that you guys know how uh how things are going in the island i, I want to say that that's the most unenthusiastic way to, to describe going to hawaii that i've seen but you just came off a lot so i totally understand i feel for you man i feel for you Ho- hopefully you have a good trip to hawaii and uh we'll probably release on the same schedule i hope but by then what how many games will be played at least game five and six right it might be yeah it might be yeah Damn, dude, I'm kind of yeah. scared the next time we record, man. It might be before Game 7, dude. <laughs> it's going to be freaking right. epic, dude. All right, let's close out yeah. the show at that. Let's let us let you uh, sleep this off. Um, you know, yeah, follow- toughest pod to record thus far, guys, but I'm gutting it out, so... This, this is a true true reaction episode from a diehard Warrior fan. And I want to say uh, follow us on Ball vs. Life Official uh, on IG and email us on Ball vs. Life at gmail.com and we want to actually say that if you give us a rating and review on um on any on apple pod we would like to send some swag to people so if you do leave a review find a way to contact you we'll get your we'll get your email and we'll send you some swag so please do that we want to kind of get this ball rolling even more so thank you for that and we'll see you guys next week see you guys let's go warriors (laughs) peace (laughs) (laughs) all right man peace out